Hello and welcome to the Talk to Defeat ALS podcast. I'm your host, Director of Communications and Public Policy here at the ALS Association, Greater Philadelphia Chapter, Tony Heil. Uh, and today, um, I am very excited to bring to you, live on a recording, um, my guest, Scott Smith of Brick Simple. Uh, Scott is going to go into his background more, but he is worked in Hollywood um, on many feature films, and he's worked in technology uh, to promote virtual reality, augmented reality, um, and a lot of different uh, technologies that bring ideas to life, and not just like GE, but in a new 21st or 22nd century, century way. It's very exciting. And Scott is going to be part of our annual dinner coming up on Wednesday, November 28th, uh, 2018 at V in Philadelphia. So in order to just do better than just hearing him on this podcast, seeing him in his amazing presentation, go to www.alsphiladelphia.org slash annual dinner, and uh, make sure to go to alsphiladelphia.org in general to donate, volunteer, and become an advocate. Follow us on social media at ALS Philadelphia. And of course, before we get into this, make sure to go to iTunes or Stitcher, I think, and uh, subscribe to our podcast so you can listen to all of our interviews and discussions about how we're going to fight ALS together. With that little bit of intro into our podcast, Scott, thanks for uh, calling in and joining us from far away in California. Sure, Tony. Thanks for having me on your podcast. So, Scott, you um, work at Brick Simple. What is Brick Simple? Brick Simple is a uh, Pennsylvania-based technology company that uh, leverages uh, both development and software uh, for many, many different uh, solutions. But one of the more exciting things that Brick does is bringing uh, virtual and augmented reality, we like to call it mixed reality nowadays. Everything feels like mixed reality the, nowadays, Scott. It, it sure does. It sure does. And um, we, uh, we at Brick Simple like to use uh, mixed reality to... Uh, to solve rather sometimes simple problems um, in industry and healthcare. And how long have you been at Brick Simple? Uh, I've been uh, working officially with Brick Simple for for uh, under a year now. Um, but uh, Ded Anson, who is the president and founder, and I have been friends since high school. So uh, I've had my head in the door um, for years. Uh, uh, but only been official in, in this uh, year since April, actually. And Det is actually how I found out about Brick Simple. Um, I follow him and learn from him from the different technology he promotes. And I messaged him because I heard an NPR story about how virtual reality is being used in healthcare and said, you know, were you guys working on this? And of course, he said, yes, this is the future. So... You know, you're going to talk about um, your ideas and work both in Hollywood and, and potentially for ALS, but can you give us any examples about how virtual reality is being used in healthcare? Well, one of the buzzwords in healthcare these days is patient safety. And uh, we have uh, one of the more successful development slash hackathon products has been a, a hand washing application to help train healthcare workers to be more careful about how they uh, how they wash their hands 
in hospitals and medical facilities. Um, I think many of us know that uh, that infections, uh, secondary infections in, in healthcare facilities have risen dramatically in the last few years, and uh, Brick felt that they wanted to, uh, to tackle that. And uh, in addition, they have been doing um, empathy experiences for um, for different ailments that uh, that commonly affect people uh, around the world, so that uh, a user who could put on uh, goggles or what Microsoft calls their HoloLens, um, which is an augmented reality device, uh, to experience what some of these people experience day to day using environmental sounds, uh, images, um, and even transporting a person into another whole environment, uh, maybe a, a, an apartment or a, uh, a work situation. Now, you, you and I have been discussing empathy for a while, is, and my conversations with Det, uh, Jesse, Berdinka at Brick Simple and others, it feels like empathy is really um, a driving force when it comes to making a virtual reality program successful. Uh, is that accurate? Yes, I would absolutely say that's true. Um, I think that empathy serves uh, virtual reality, mixed reality, but I also think it's a, a rather symbiotic relationship. I believe that the, the, the technology is really just pixels and sound. Um, but it, it is being leveraged to help people experience things that they couldn't normally experience. And I always tell people when I do our advocacy here, because that's part of my job is doing our uh, political advocacy in Washington, D.C. and state capitals for research and care services funding. I always put things in a, um organization of story, hope, and plan. We're a storytelling creature. That seems to be one of the things that really separates, as far as we can tell, humans from every other animal is... That's how we communicate. Um, and you have a history of making stories. Um, and I think those stories are about empathy, too, just in a different way. So that brings us to your background. You've been in Hollywood making stories for how long now? Um, I started my career in Hollywood in 1999. I don't feel that old, but um, that is exactly how long I've been doing it. Um, coming up on 20 years next year. And uh, yeah, indeed, storytelling is really a part of so much of our lives. And um, of course, when you're, when I was starting my career, I just wanted to work on cool movies. And as you, I think this is probably true for most people, but as I matured uh, into my career and my life, I found that I wanted to do things uh, of more meaning than just entertaining people for two hours in the theater. And um uh, the backdrop to my career has always been um, working with people with ailments and disabilities uh, in tandem with my uh, with my Hollywood career. I've worked at a recreation center here in San Francisco, California, um, on and off uh, for for almost the same amount of time, maybe even longer, maybe 25 years. Um, and I bring my kids there, and uh, um, I've seen the incredible impact on people's lives from uh, from ailments like ALS and, uh, and MS. So you, uh, and you've heard people's stories, right? You've, you, you've seen them um, through that uh, volunteering experience. Um, 
right? That that so you've seen a lot That's of stories in, in in front of you, right? Yes, absolutely, um, and a lot of them from beginning to end. Uh, um, and of course, some some of that is very sad, but some of it is also very good. So the the uh, the storytelling aspect is just so vital to the empathy experience, and in turn, so vital to the, the mixed reality experience that we're creating at Brick. And so I think that you coming to our annual dinner, and again, if you want to get your last-minute tickets, it's alsphiladelphia.org slash annual dinner. Um, you are both um, very good at explaining the technology, but a really a good conduit, a, a, a good vessel, as uh, someone might say, of explaining this, because you have the background both in the storytelling of, of Hollywood and technology and the understanding of the need for story based on that work. Yes, and I believe that the technology should should serve the storytelling, um, and I, I think uh, it's uh, that coming from that perspective is vital uh, to being able to leverage technology. Um, when when it's inverted, it, it's not as effective. But I think that uh, using a combination of storytelling and technology and um, mostly uh, working on films like Pirates of the Caribbean and Star Wars teaches you a lot about story, but it also teaches you a lot about people, a lot about technology, and a lot about what people respond to visually and auditorily uh, when it's not real. And like you said, so you've worked on movies like uh, um, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, um, and what other movies? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean is probably my favorite franchise that I've worked on, um, as well as some independent movies from people like Wes Anderson, some even un, unnamed, uh, yet to be named famous directors. And a lot of those movies involve a lot of fantasy, right? Yeah, almost entirely. And so you, you can, you can't just go to, you know, uh, Doylestown and film an actual Star Wars, <laughs> um, <laughs> Probably not. I go to Doylestown. I haven't been to Doylestown too often, but I haven't really seen a lot of lightsabers there. Um, and so when you're doing that, how much of your creation and working with directors and producers is about the story driving the technology or the technology driving the story? Well, I, I think you know, the, the, the mythology of technology is always going to be part of the story, especially in science fiction. Um, but I think in terms of the actual creation of, of story and experience, and really when, really when we talk about story and visuals, what we're really asking of the human brain is to exit where they are presently sitting and enter into something that we've created. And this is, this is really the core of the empathy experience, and I think why it's so vital that technology and story go hand in hand because we really want to transport people uh, from their, their, the life that they are presently in into something other. And um, while I enjoy working on, in feature films and I enjoy the Hollywood culture and now uh, television is really uh, taking off as well, I like, I love at the heart and soul of who I am, loves using this experience to bring empathy uh, 
into these into these different realms that previously, really only in the last few years, has anyone really thought uh, about uh, impacting. And because you have all this, all these years of experience, both as yourself and then the experience that everyone else brings at Brick Simple uh, to these projects, um, you make it as real as possible, right? Yes, as, as, as real as the technology will allow. And, and so, and all, and because of that, people's expectations for the technology uh, keep growing. So, if you went to see King Kong from the '30s now you don't take it as seriously as you do the n- the more recent films. Yes, of course. That's a, that's a, a, a constant battle is meeting the expectations of an audience, whether it's a VR experience or whether it's a $200 million feature film. Uh, it is a constant battle. Uh, and, you know, the, the general audience member isn't educated as at a, a level that we are in terms of technology and what's possible in technology. And um, so your, your comment about expectation is, is absolutely right on. And it's something we're always looking to, to, uh, to blow past. We want people to be amazed at what they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and these experiences. And, you know, when you talk about a lot of this and I look over your extensive resume for Hollywood creation, which is really to me, having someone like you come to our dinner and explain this is, is very exciting. And I hope that everyone that's listening is going to be excited and, and uh, join us again at alsphiladelphia.org slash annual dinner. Um, but this might sound odd to you, but I'm a professional wrestling fan. I have been since I was a kid. And as you know, in professional wrestling, they're not fighting like in mixed martial arts. They're, they're not really trying to hurt each other. Um, but, but when you're watching a wrestling match between Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, for example, who are two of the best, and you probably don't know who I'm talking about, but, um, if it looks like they're missing the kicks or that they're putting, hurting each other gently, then it feels fake. And you know, you're not watching a real fight, but you want to escape into that reality of a wrestling match. So it feels real. And your job, both in Hollywood and now at ALS, I'm trying to pull it over to here now is you're trying to make this virtual reality feel like your real reality. Yes, absolutely. And the, 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 to take your analogy of professional wrestling, they are using the same age old, uh, techniques to engage an audience and they are auditory, they are visual, they are performance, their story. Um, it, whether you may realize it or not, you're actually pulled into the mythos of professional wrestling because you, you like the characters, the people and their stories. And, um, uh, I'm sure Brett and the other wrestler you mentioned have two very different stories. And in that ring, their stories are colliding. So there's, there is, uh, there's engagement there. It is absolutely the same for what we want to do with ALS. We want to engage an audience uh, at every sensory level. Uh, into this empathetic experience so that people can see, feel, hear um, what it is like to to uh, to have those ailments uh, invade your life. So now we've, we've set the table for everyone listening here. We, we know that you have years of experience at making stories um, as, as strong as possible to using the technology to advance reality um, in ways that take people from their office job to now into, you know, the Star Wars or 
Pirates of the Caribbean, so they're absorbed into that. Just like someone going to a wrestling show could be absorbed into, you know, a fight between John Cena and whomever John Cena's fighting. Um, so, so that's, we, we know that you have the capability to do that. So you're going to be here at our annual dinner, again, on November 28th. You'll also be here the day before to talk on live streaming on our face, on Facebook, ALS Philadelphia, for Giving Tuesday to give some examples. How can we use this? including with your background and volunteering with people with um, different kind of ailments, to go from people seeing someone with ALS, hearing their story, to now feeling it and really getting that empathy and, and, and taking it and understanding it better. What, what can you do or we do with virtual reality to enhance that story to the, to the best possible degree? It's an excellent question. And one of the, one of the strategies that we are implementing is really more of what the games industry is doing. And I'll say with our children, they are pulling them out of their world into another one. And they are doing it with um, sometimes very simplistic uh, imagery. Uh, I think back to my early years with the Atari 2600 and I, the size of those pixels were, you know, a centimeter square, but mm -hmm. my imagination was engaged at such a level at that age that when I look at it now, I can't even imagine what I was thinking back then. Why did I think this was so engaging? We want to engage the imagination and we do that with imagery, with sound, with physical, um, haptic, uh, response. And those are the, those are kind of the key elements and, and the way to do that best is to try to make the scenery that you, as, a, as an audience member with your eyes, seem as real as possible. Um, it is really easy to go into these situations with a really critical eye, but our goal is ultimately that we override that little part of your brain that says something isn't 100% right with the scene. This doesn't look photographically right. It doesn't look like my living room. It looks like a, a living room that somebody created in a computer, but within hopefully a matter of seconds, your brain and all of your other senses have taken over and you've now been transported into that, into that scene. And that is really what we, we want to do at Brick Simple uh, with AOS. And, and you, you mentioned at the beginning of this podcast that you can do that for things like hand washing, which some people don't think about that with, um, Healthcare, but as, as you know, and you've discussed, um, it's one of those things where now the technology allows that story to be told, where you absorb into that. Um, can you give any sort of teasers of what kind of things you might be explaining you can do with this technology to make people empathize with life with ALS? Yeah, that that is um, that is excellent. I think that the neat thing. Um, about this is that we can create any experience within virtual reality um, or mixed reality in this case. Um, we can change how you hear somebody speaking. We can change um, using a microphone on a headset as the person is in the experience, change how you speak and how your, um, your relative processes in your mind create sounds and words we can actually, uh, we actually can create software that, that alters that so that you are 
speaking um, as if having a particular ailment. Um, we can create uh, uh, visuals uh, that um, that would look normal to your mind and flip a switch and then create what the visuals might look like if you have ALS or if you have MS or any other empathetic experience we're trying to create. Um, uh, we can also create physical uh, haptic responses using objects. So a great example might be that you are pouring, you get up in the morning, you go into your kitchen, you grab uh, the orange juice container from your refrigerator and you pour it into a glass and you drink the orange juice. We can have you do that experience in VR, then flip a switch and have it so that that orange juice container weighs four times what it would for a, a, a normal healthy individual. Um, and then pouring it, we can make it so that it shakes. Um, there's all these different sensory alterations that we can do to create an empathetic experience. And I, I'll tell you, in, in just in a lot of the testing we've done uh, for ALS alone, um, some of it is very frustrating. And I think people can probably only handle a few minutes of it before they before they want to uh, take the microphone off or take the headset off. But um, that that is ultimately, I think, we're, of course, not trying to annoy anybody, but we are trying to, to help you delve into the experience. I think it's, I, I've seen the things you're talking about. I think anyone that's just hearing this now, you know from your work in Hollywood and at Brick Simple, hearing things gets you to use your imagination a little bit. Seeing things take it to the next stop. And then mm -hmm. experiencing what you, what you can do at our annual dinner on November 28th. You'll be able to see like the potential for this. But I've met yeah. so many people with ALS. Um, my grandfather had ALS. My, my grandmother had Parkinson's. Uh, my mom has MS, um, so they're all, you know, not good genes necessarily, uh, but for me. But one thing I notice when they talk about it, there's that frustration when you have a disease like that. Like, I'm trying to tell you this is how it feels, and this is why I'm frustrated. And it's one thing to hear that, but now with your technology and, and people's support for this with their donations and advocacy, you, you won't be hearing someone say, I, I want you to understand you'll be able to say, oh, I get it. Yes, and we, we also want those people to be heard, and we want them to inform us on this experience so that exactly what they're saying is what someone like you or me would experience. And that's really important because we want them to be heard. We want them to know that we're doing very active things to, to raise awareness and... Um, you know, it, it can't be understated how difficult some of this stuff is, too. It is not easy to create a virtual experience. It, you, there's nothing you can buy in the store. There's very little um, training out there um, for people in mainstream schooling. Uh, even most art schools don't have any of this. So it requires specialized artists, technicians, technologists to all come together around this uh, to, to really make it work. And, um, we, we couldn't do it without, uh, the ALS foundation, without, uh, without people who are experiencing some of the symptoms to speak into this and make it, uh, make it a, as real as we possibly can. Yeah, and you mentioned raising awareness, which is something we always want to do. We have ALS awareness month, we have ice bucket challenge and things along that nature. But, um, 
you know, a billboard raises awareness. But with this kind of technology, um, if it can, we, we can make it come to a real reality uh, in terms of producing it and bringing it to places, we can go to a sponsor and say, this is what you're giving to. We can go to um, a caregiver and say, you know, this is what your, your pers- person you're caring for is experiencing, so you can empathize with it better and provide better care. Um, we can go to schools and teach those kids or teachers, like, this is what is real. Or, or we can go to Washington, D.C. and meet very well-intentioned uh, people in Washington, D.C. or in state capitals um, and say, you know, we're not just, this isn't a, just a list of things on a piece of paper about why you should support us here. Th- feel it. You can feel what ALS is like, some of these frustrations and why your appropriations of money is going to go along. Yeah, and, and there is real science behind this technique. The more senses that we can involve, you mentioned a billboard. Um, my eyes see a billboard when I'm driving my car. I look at it for a couple of seconds, and then I'm, you know, next thing I'm doing is honking at the car in front of me, and I've forgotten about the billboard. But the more senses that we can in, include in any kind of awareness, um, there is real science and math behind its effectiveness. Um, I know industry is finding that somewhere between 30 and 40% increase in comprehension for training, safety training, um, sales, customer support, all of these metrics are, um, are, are already available to us to, to say to fundraisers and people we want to get on board with this project, hey, this works. Um, because we are including three, maybe four senses. Um, and maybe someday we can include smell, which, as we all know, is one of the most powerful um, senses we can engage. So, so I can't stress enough how, how valuable this tool would be uh, to raise our awareness. Well, you're going to learn more about this tool and learn more about Scott's background by hearing it, seeing it, and experiencing it at our annual dinner on Wednesday, November 28th. There's still tickets available. It's at V in Philadelphia. We'll also be honoring uh, former Congressman Charlie Dent, so you can talk to him there, um, Scott, and you know, get his ear and tell him, hey, make sure people understand this. Um, and we'll be having the Flame of Hope uh, section honoring a lot of great individuals who've uh, contributed to our mission, um, a presentation by our friends at the Philadelphia Phillies, and so they'll be seeing the potential here too. It's going to be an unforgettable night. Uh, register now. Get your um, tickets at alsphiladelphia.org slash annual dinner. I don't think you want to miss it. You're, you, you want everyone to come, right, Scott? Yes, absolutely. You're, Scott's coming all the way from California, so you can come mm-hmm. from you know Delaware County or New Jersey or, or Delaware or Philadelphia. If he can make it from California, you can make it from around here. Uh, so get your tickets today at alsphiladelphia.org slash annual dinner. And thanks, Scott, so much for bringing, uh, making virtual reality uh, more of a real reality for the ALS cause. Yeah, thank you, Tony, and thank you for everybody listening.